I'm going to pass it, you know, whenever you're ready. Let's, uh, so we're talking about, um, the next one is apostasy. apostasy. Yeah. So we're gonna have to define that for people so that they know like, wait, is that an Italian dish? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, welcome to Grace Minutes. I'm glad you've tuned in. We're going to get into the subject of apostasy. I have in the studio with me David Bigler, and this is actually a dual purpose recording. It's actually going to be video on Apostle Talk presented by Iron Sheep Ministries. And uh, David Bigler's here. We're going to talk about apostasy as well as it's airing here on the Grace Minutes program today. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you along. Apostasy, the meaning of the word, uh, is to go away from the truth, a departure from the truth. And we find here in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, in verse 2, actually if we start with verse 1 for the context, the Apostle Paul writes to his disciple, his son in the faith, Timothy, and he writes, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And that's been going on in some measure right from the first century, but yeah. I think the departure from the truth is, maybe it's hitting a crescendo, it's definitely increasing, and we see some that for a, a, a significant period of time were presenting the gospel message, and then they've gone astray, they've gone away from the truth, and, and embracing universalism, everyone goes to heaven, uh, all kinds of nonsense that the scripture declares as heresy. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Here we are in these latter days and apostasy is upon us. What's a practical um, example that you can think of that, I mean, because apostasy is very much a theological term. It, it, it's not, let's bring it down to a, a normal way of um, defining for people what is apostasy. Um, well, we could go into several different apostasies. Yeah, we thought about, about going into a few of them here today. Uh, one that's been around for se several decades. Uh, it's been dubbed the prosperity gospel. Uh, yes. uh, name it, claim it. Yes. Uh, one of my friends calls it grab it, bla blab it, grab it. <laughs> blab it and grab it. The idea that um, God wants to bless you abundantly. And so therefore, uh, if you have enough faith... Uh, God will bless you in that. And the way that you can show your faith today is by sending your check of $2,000 to the line below, and then <laughs> God will surely bless you. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying that, but it's this idea um, that there's nothing bad. There is no hell, uh, and that if you have enough faith, you can have whatever you want. Is that Yeah, exactly. And in essence, it's an error uh, the omission there is you don't find the doctrine of suffering, which the Bible declarely plains. They just leave that out because it doesn't fit the narrative. God does want to bless us. Yes, that's true. But how they define blessing isn't exactly the way the Bible defines blessing. And they would measure it in dollars or euros or wherever they're preaching the prosperity gospel in the material realm. And, you know, God, he's promised he'll give us what we need. He hasn't promised that he's going to make us all wealthy. Or, or that it's going to be easy. In fact, the opposite of that. In this world, you will have trouble. 
but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus, right? he invited us to encourage us to take the narrow way at the straight gate. And the narrow way is restricted. And some of the translations have it as difficult. This road of faith that we're called to, and it's the only one that leads to life. Yeah. The broad way leads to hell, destruction. But to enter at the straight gate, that's Jesus himself, salvation through no other name, only the blood of Christ that we're not worthy of, but we're thankful for. That's the straight gate. We only get saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone. But then once we get saved, there's a road. And we have a life to live. Unless you get saved on your deathbed, and if that's you today, well, I'll see you in heaven. Most of you are going to live beyond today. You're on the road. And it's a narrow road. It's a restricted road. And it's a difficult road. And faith and the grace of God make the difficulties easier, palatable, survivable, and even triumph in the difficult times. But the, the name it, claim it gospel doesn't go into all those details they, because they just want a, a feel-good message, warm and fuzzy. Uh, and they, they also usually don't bring conviction of sin. Yeah. And the Bible does that plainly. It's something that's in all of our lives and we need to rule over it. We need to when it, we want to cut it off really in the temptation phase. That's the key. If we can learn to do that. You have your Bible open. I do a verse that jumped out to me. Um first John fifteen, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, uh, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. There's this, uh, I know it's true because I believed it. Before I was saved, I thought that to be a Christian meant you had all the answers and that life would be easy because you now, you've made it. You have arrived. You've accepted Christ and, and he is now going to make sure everything is rosy. And the reality is, is that as a Christ follower, um, what happens is God changes your heart to be passionate about the things he is passionate about. Whereas the world, oftentimes the prosperity gospel is possessions. Those things that we just talked about and, and we're called right there, what I just talked about, we're called not to love those things and what happens as a Christ follower is when you are pursuing God, he will give you the things of your heart that are geared towards his heart. And if you allow him to, he will transform you from the inside out to love the things that he loves. And he is going to bless you abundantly with those things. Yes. Yeah. He's blessed, blesses us to make us a blessing to others, not just to bless us. There's a communal aspect, Absolutely. a family aspect, a kingdom aspect to this blessing. And for us to follow Jesus in the hard times, if we're going to grow in our faith, you don't grow when everything's easy. You need hard times. Hard times is what tests us for approval. Strengthens us. And God does give us tests. And it's, it's I like to call it non-destructive testing. Mm. In the world, in the commercial world, in the industrial world, they have destructive testing and non-destructive testing. But God's test is always non-destructive testing. It's to build our faith, to call us through a hard time, to help us know, yes, we can trust him in a situation that we've never faced before, in a situation that may seem scary or devastating or whatever, but at least it's a challenge. At the very least, it's a challenge to our faith, and we agree to take the challenge and overcome. 
and let our faith, this is, the, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, John wrote in 1 John. And so from faith to faith, from victory to victory, to grow in our faith, we must have difficult times, challenges, and, and even as I mentioned earlier, the doctrine of suffering. So that's a good example of apostasy uh, dealing specifically with the prosperity gospel. What's another example of apostasy? Uh, well, there's so many of them. One is the universalism uh, that, you know, the idea of hell is an uncomfortable idea. Yeah. And it, it should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think God may be comfortable with it, but he doesn't want anyone to go there. No. But he knows that will be the end of all those that oppose him, become his enemies, ignore him, uh, reject his mercy and his grace. He has to be fair. He can never be anything less than just and fair. Second Peter 3, 9, uh, he desires that no one would perish, but all will come to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this idea of God is love. And therefore, if God truly is love, and that is First um, John 4, 16. Yeah. First John 4, 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brothers and sisters. And, and from this is the argument that's made that um, if God is love, then we are called to love everyone, regardless of their choices of life, regardless of how they're living, regardless of anything. So therefore, we, we shouldn't speak anything that makes someone feel uncomfortable or, or, or calls them out as being a sinner. That's not love. And obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. And the first part of what you're saying is true. We are to love everyone. But the second part, obviously, that doesn't mean we don't speak truth that they need to consider that would bring them to repentance uh, because love does speak the truth and to speak the truth in love that is the key to speak the truth without love that's a problem yeah to speak love without truth that's a problem they don't work they have to work together the love and the truth and so we're going to have to make people uncomfortable at times and god makes us uncomfortable he calls us to repentance and uh you're going right into our next talk yeah we'll get there we'll get there and uh but this this uh universalism yeah. that god won't send anybody to hell that's if there is no sin and there is no hell why did jesus have to die yeah and uh going back to first john just i mean Context is everything. Context informs meaning. And whenever you have somebody who pulls that God is love, yes, does the Bible say that? Yes, absolutely. But read all of John's first letter. It's not that long. Just read the whole thing. Uh, pulling it up, 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Christ died for a reason. Yes, let's live in love and the truth. And thanks so much for being my guest on Grace Minutes today. We'll have to pick this up in tomorrow. In fact, we're going to sh shift gears and go with another topic tomorrow. But thank you. Please do join us again at the same time. Wow, the time goes by so fast. <laughs> That's why I need this. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so hard. One of the things that anybody who's watched any of our Apostle Talks or any of our Bible studies knows um, 
I go on tangents and yeah. controlling me to try to get me down to a it, yeah. yeah What'll be interesting is when you go to the dynamics on doing apostle talk. Uh, if you present this particular version of apostle talk in five segments, yeah. they might say, you know what, F 15 minutes, 16 minutes. Yeah, I can watch this. It's more palatable. And I'll come back to the next. If they like what they hear the first one, they'll come back to the next, come back to the next. So you may find more people finishing what they start yeah. if they know it's only 15 minutes long. The challenge for me is just the time, the time yeah. investment. It's just me. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, doing Iron Sheep and to take Apostle Talk and edit it and cut it up into one program and then just get it up and then move on to the next thing that I have to do and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing versus breaking it down, marketing each of those segments, marketing just simply saying, okay, we're talking about this, we're talking about this, we're talking about this. Um, there's only so much bandwidth. Yeah. Um, and so it's this question of, of where do you invest your time? Sure. Um, so are we ready to go on to our... Hated, uh, hated by the world. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. It's all you. Well. Hey!